0: Chapter 3 Sign here on the dotted line, Mr. Yao said to my parents, presenting them with an enormous employment contract six pages long. My parents beamed as they proudly signed their names. Mr. Yao took the signed employment contract and stuffed it into his bag. Thank you so much, Mr. Yao, for giving us this opportunity, my father said. You don't know how much it means to us. He got choked up as he said the words. We promise we'll take good care of your motel, my mom added. We won't let you down. Mr. Yao nodded and held up the manager's keys to the motel. As my parents reached for the keys, he held them just out of reach. Everything that happens in this motel is your responsibility. You understand, he asked. Something breaks, you have to pay for it. My parents nodded. Under no circumstances are you ever to leave the motel unattended, ever. One of you must always stay behind. Again, my parents nodded eagerly, even though I was thinking, Wait, what? I can't go out with both my parents at the same time? What about Disneyland? But it was a condition number three that made my jaw drop. Mr. Yao turned to me. You can't use the pool, kid, he said. Why not, I asked. If you use the pool, then all of the customers will want to use the pool. So? So think of all the water and towels they'll be wasting, he said. It's not good for the environment. I frowned at him. Somehow, I doubted this was about the environment. She understands. You won't use the pool, will you, Mia? My mother shook her head at me. I glanced at my mom, at the desperation in her eyes. Okay, I said. Good, Mr. Yao grinned, satisfied. He tossed my parents the keys. That night, the sweet smells of jasmine tea filled the front office. My parents only ever got the jasmine tea out for special occasions. We had packed a small tin of it before we left China. And every time something good happened, my mom would take out a few leaves and make some tea. I guess not a lot of good things have happened, because there was still quite a lot left. But all that was about to change. Tonight, my parents poured generously from the tin. The calming aroma brought me back to my grandmother's house. All of us crowded around the table. At those big family dinners, my cousin Sheen and I would always giggle and interrupt each other as we talked. I felt an ache in my tummy, razor sharp at the thought of Sheen. I still remember the day I left. I could see Sheen's face pressed up against the glass by the security gate at the airport blinking furiously like he was trying hard not to cry. I was too. On the plane ride over, they gave us little packets of butter for our bread. Butter was very expensive in China, so I asked for extras and put them in my pocket. I saved them for sheen for months in the fridge, until it finally sank in that we weren't going back. So, I ate them. My mother's voice jerked me back to reality. Hey, Mia, look here, look at me, she said, smiling. Huh? I asked. I looked up to see my mother crouching in front of the, in front, of the front desk. Holding her hands up like she was going to take a picture. It's this thing she does. My mom says it's important to take pictures of the nice moments in life. Even if it's just in your head. As my mom pressed down on her pretend camera, my dad and I sat up straight and gave her our very best smiles. Eggplant! she said in Chinese, and I giggled. Because even though that's what people in China said whenever someone took their pictures, it was funny hearing it in America. As my parents unpacked, I slipped out to find Hank. I brought him a cup of jasmine tea. Now that we were making $150 a day, Surely we could afford to buy some more. I had seen a Chinese supermarket on the way over here. Hank's room was in the back, beside the laundry room. There was a pot of cherry tomato plants in front of his room. I knocked on the door. Hank answered on the first knock. His eyebrows shot up when he saw the tea. That's. For me, he exclaimed. I smiled and I handed it to him. It's from China, I told him. Get out of here! The guy next door opened his door to see what was going on. He was a white guy, about the same age as Hank. He wore a Hawaiian shirt and had a small tattoo of a sailboat on his arm. The smell of popcorn drifted from his room. Billy Bob, Hank said, meet Mia. She's the new manager. And look, she brought me some tea from China. Good to meet you, Mia, Billy Bob said, extending a hand. I shook it. Pleasure's all mine, I said. Billy Bob smiled, say, you're a lot nicer than the old manager. The last manager treated us like second-class citizens, Hank added. Really? I asked. Hank nodded. Carefully, he lifted the cup to his lips, took a sip. Oh, this stuff is good. Hank turned to Billy Bob. You've got to try this. More doors opened and soon all the weeklies were outside talking and sipping the tea under the glowing crescent. Like Billy Bob, they were white too. Mrs. Q had long wavy hair that ran all the way down her back. Fred had a big belly that shook when he laughed. And Mrs. T had glittery, cat-eye reading glasses, which she wore on the tip of her nose. Hank was right. They were all very nice. The weeklies asked if I wanted to join them for a game of Monopoly. But it was getting late, and I needed to help my parents unpack. I bid them all good night and was about to go back to the manager's quarters. When I suddenly remembered. Hey, Hank, what'd you mean by what you said earlier about Mr. Yao? I asked. That he was anything but all right? Hank's jaw locked. You'll find out, you'll soon find out, kid, Hank said. The man has coal for a heart.